Welcome, everybody, to episode 98 of Dan Excelsior, the mostly Marvel podcast. As always, I'm Ricky, and uh, with me today, we got Dennis. We got just Dennis. Well, I, I hope I, I hope you got me. I don't I mean, think you've ever done a show without me. Would have called you and you weren't here. Yeah. We have not never we've never done a show without you. That's correct. Yeah. Can we've we do always, a show without you? No, it's called Dan Excelsior. That's it's, it's kind of like you could I you I give you permission to do a show without me if that's what you're asking for. It's like the oh. what is it, the Regis and Kelly and the the Kelly and Michael and Kelly and Ryan, like yeah, I'm the Kelly. <laughs> Am I Regis? I n- no. Okay. You're like Michael or something. <laughs> I'll take Michael. You're the, you're the Michael. None of them are canceled, so I'll take anyone. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, we're doing this again. We're That's doing it. fair. And we went to the fair um, this past weekend. For wow. I'm always be transitioning. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get you that shirt. ABC. Yep. You can wear it. Yeah, we went to the fair. I never saw you, so I guess we we it's still true we did go, but I never saw What you. is your fair experience or lap? So for those of you who don't know, we are talking about the San Diego County Fair, which from my understanding is one of the biggest county fairs in the country. Yeah, it's like the seventh largest one in the North America, I believe. And it's one of the largest uh by the way, I learned when I was doing the photo competition. I learned it's one of the largest juried uh, like um, contests, uh, photo contests in in all of North America, actually. Um, but what is my experience with it? Uh, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, I guess like you get to the fair. What's your? Because there's so much you don't see everything there, right? Like, yeah. So what's, what's your lap? So I'll break it down. I've been going for I don't know, like twenty years, something like that. Um, and I used to go only on 4th of July. Um, that used to be my thing because you could see really awesome fireworks there and, and you could eat like you were American. Like you could just eat like you didn't care about the diabetes. It is is, uh, incredible there. The what? The, the things you can indulge on is is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, or terrifying, whichever you want. Or disgusting. Yeah. But, um, I used to do that. Uh, like I've tried to get a little healthier now, so I don't eat as much garbage anymore. And, um, over the years, like, as I've started to, you know, go like, I'll, I'll be fair. The first thing I always do is get a, get a, a little tray of, uh, cheese curds, fried cheese curds. Got to eat those. Those are amazing. They start you off good. They, they're just fried. They got a little that's bit a of heavy. Garbage. That's a heavy appetizer. You share them and they're not heavy. They're really, they're like little, like tiny little mozzarella sticks, like tiny. They're little bite-sized thingies. I know. I know what a cheese curd is. Yeah. Well, like that's, but you, I you're already, a meal. you're already, you're judging. You're already, you're yeah, already. Well, I gotta, it's called color commentary. You're literally always telling me to not, to not, you know, rain on other people's parades. And there you are making faces about my cheese curds. I mean, my faces could be good faces. It's not though. You I'm gotta watch to the, find I'm out. Letting, I'm letting the people listening know. R- Ricky made an ugly face when I said cheese curds. I um, specifically go to Freddy's Steak Burger to get cheese cheese curds um, as a meal. So, if you're saying that's a starter, that's impressive. Yeah, it's a starter. It's a starter, and then, uh, and so that's always been constant. Cheese curds constant. And then fill in whatever other crap you want in the middle. 
And then we always kind of end night with uh, corn. We always finish with corn. A cup of corn, cob of corn. Nah, I get it on the cob. I don't like the cup. Like Un- uncut, uncut corn. Uncut corn. Yeah, I, I like that. And then I, you know, I'll fill it in with a bunch of crap in between. Uh, and then, are you doing any lote corn or just a corn? Corn with a lot of stuff on it, but I don't, I don't usually put mayo on it, but I put like okay. all the other stuff on it, like yeah. But uh, you know, over the years, like we've kind of expanded. You know, like I, I've been like trying to watch what I eat more when I'm there. So we started discovering other stuff, like hey, there's there's art at the fair. There's, you know, there's um, <laughs> and and that's you know kind of like what kind of started me down the 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 path of like i think i can do this better than these people do you know so or or at least I mean, there's it. some there's some good art in general at the fair and then there's yeah. some like okay stuff that's what i mean i don't mean yeah. i can be, i can be better than everyone at the fair no for I, sure there's definitely like a bar yeah i just want to be above the lowest bar and yeah so uh, yeah, that's what that that was kind of one of my goals last year when we you know the fair came back after several years of pandemic and then Comic Con came back and I went to both and I was like, you know what, it's time, it's time to just try. And so, you know, uh, so I got a different relationship with the fair this year because I really got to go like four times four, four, four five times. I got to go five times uh, this year. I got to go once way before they were even constructed uh to drop off my my art uh and then uh the second time i got to go before they opened for a reception and then i got to they gave me two free passes so i got to go twice this year and then i got to go again yesterday after well and see the whole thing being taken down and it was really weird and gross um but yeah (laughs) it was cool Is this is this what you wanted out of? Yeah, I wanted to just want to know your little fair fair loop is. I mean, mine we got there. Um, I hadn't been in a minute, even pre COVID, and we immediately had two speakeasies in the fair this year. So we yep. uh, made it a mission to find the speakeasies, and I don't know if it counts as a speakeasy when you go in there as like a hundred people. I feel like that's cheating. If all hundred no, well, I mean, if you think about how many people were at the fair, a hundred's pretty small. Uh, I mean, I'm just pretty small fair, but it, you know, we go get our drinks, uh, and I just like wandering, you know, go see some animals, go see at monster trucks that day. We got some food. I got, um, I got like a cone with macaroni and, and Buffalo chicken and fries all together in one. It was, it was a quick little fair trip. I got, uh, pot stickers covered in flaming hot Cheetos. That's pretty like the dust. Yeah. Okay. I I love fair games like the water balloon game where you throw you squirt the gun with the water balloon or the you mean carny games carny like games. games. But tell me if I'm a bad person. You know, like if, yes, you it's, are. You if are. it's only you playing, you get like a small prize. But if you wait for like Pete to fill up, you get a bigger prize because you're beating more people. Yeah, I, I gotta bad, wait for like person. for like kids to go so I can yeah. fill up the slots. You're a bad person, and I win because I'm good. You win because you're an adult. That's why you. I win. mean, sometimes I give them the toy, but did you do it this year? I did not give away, give away a toy, toy this year. You're a bad person. Are you supposed to? I don't know. If you're stepping up to the plate, you're you're. I, I don't play the carny games because uh-huh. they're just they're not rigged for. They're not 
they're they're rigged to just be you know either draining your money or it's going to be unfair to somebody it's going to be unfair to the kids it's going to be yeah it's okay it's fine you you have your fun you do your you do your fun your way i won't sit here and make faces <laughs> at you and stuff but, uh, like all right so stealing from kids group. approved i'm just saying you, you <laughs> do, do like my joke with everything at, at the fair that you could win is there's a really high uh probability that it's filled with spider eggs so do you really want it coming home anyways i mean it's sitting on the couch behind me spider eggs <laughs> most likely spider eggs well Speaking of spider eggs and oh potentially Spider-Man, while we were what? doing our little weekly show planning, um, we kind of wanted to throw a little curveball and see, you know, what's what are our top 10 live action superhero suits? Man. So we did a little homework for the past uh, few days to kind of get our, our list together. These and I'm segues are amazing. I'll always be transitioning. Um uh, yeah, and I, I just wanted to make sure, uh, yeah, you let people know. Uh, anyone in the comments who happens to be hanging out, uh, feel free to let us know what your top 10 superhero live-action superhero costumes are. But, yeah, we just thought it'd be fun to uh, share ours and, and maybe say why and, yeah. and, uh, and rank them. Ricky, I'm gonna let you go first because I wanna I wanna see what yours you got. You wanna all right? Am I starting at? Uh, I assume starting at ten, right? Please start at ten. That's okay. the cool way to start. Number ten, I got the Mark eighty five Iron Man suit, the one from Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this suit. I, I to counter, I don't like the suit from uh, Infinity War. I think that suit sucks. I think the nanotech looks dumb. And I know this is essentially the same suit, but just the color blocking, it gives it that kind of classic look. You kind of get the muscles in there too, like the comics. It's not the same suit. It's not the same suit. I have the toys. They they are different. Slightly different. Uh, they're they're different enough. Like that they they had to make a different molds on him and stuff. But, but yeah. But the, the color blocking and the color blocking. This is like the modern classic Iron Man. Yeah, he he looks a lot like. You could see the reference to, to the eighties, you know, Iron Man, and I think that's what they were kind of going for. Um, I like this one a lot um because I, I like the spirit of this one but i don't i don't think it nailed it as good as they could have but i go I, i'm cool with it i, I like right. it we're off to a good start number nine but Jane i'm just curious what why why do you like that one like like what what about it gets you i guess i'm i'm trying to understand your list like what where where are you coming from with your list? What do you, what are you looking for in a good superhero suit? Uh, kind of true to source, whether that be the the comics, of, obviously, or its place in its own movie movies universe. Like contextually, if it would, would it make sense there? Would okay. I buy a toy of the thing? Would I buy a hot toy of of this? That's a yes. fair. That's a fair gauge. All right, cool. Okay. Keep it going. Jane Foster, number nine. Number nine, Jane Foster. Um, okay. This one, I think it's a, I mean, it's pretty true to the to your comic design. I think a lot of this has to do with Natalie Portman herself. She didn't just put on the suit, but she's obviously like lifted to she's fill right. out the suit. She's, she's pretty right. jacked yeah. in the suit. I think it looks awesome because of it. 
Yeah. And I'm happy that we got her in the helmet as well. I know a lot I'm, of the characters usually ditch the helmet pretty fast. We don't get them, so I was happy to see it. She I has at least see, one scene with the helmet. I will say the CG on that helmet's pretty terrible, though. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just putting that out there. All right. Keep it coming. What you got next? Number eight. Number eight. Wesley, Wesley Snipes, Snipes Blade. as Blade. If I'm not mistaken, this kind of reset what Blade looks like because he did not look like this up until that point, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, this it this is like, out a little bit. This is iconic because, uh, like, because Blade wasn't iconic, and so they made they stamped they stamped a look. They said, you know what? If if people don't recognize Blade as a household name yet, then let's do it now. And so. I think I think it's just not even just like any specific part of his costume. I think it's his overall presence that he brings to that movie that just made Blade forever. I mean, you look at this, you can memorable. If you're familiar with the comics, you know this is Blade, right? If I saw his teeth, if I saw his teeth, yeah. Like if I saw his teeth, I'd be like, "Oh, you're Blade." Like otherwise, I'd be like, "Are you in the from the Matrix?" You know what I mean? Like, there's a fine line between there's Blade the, and the, the sword. Matrix. Yeah, there's some red in there. Yeah. Matrix didn't have red. Uh, the first mate, the first two Blade costumes didn't have red in it. I think it's the third one, or maybe the second. Maybe the second one did. The first movie, there's no red in his costume. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know where this photo's from. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. I liked the Spirit of Vengeance Ghost Rider figure a lot, you know primarily what? because of the the burning. It's a man on fire, a skull on fire, and I think this is the first costume that I had seen up to this point where like the suit is actually affected by the, the constant heat, and I thought that was really cool. You know, I'm not going to lie. This is a good one that I completely overlooked. I mean, he's dirty too. Like his skull's dirty and charred. His, you know, everything about this look is. Yeah, I think what I love about it is it's a very thoughtful execution of this character. This, this, a real life version of what Ghost Rider would look like. And so, yeah, I, I am really concerned about what it does to his jacket. But uh, it is cool. It's a cool looking thing. It's cool. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that one. Number six. The Magneto suit from X-Men uh, Days of Future Past. Hmm. I I like this suit. I wish it was a little bit more purple. But I, I really dig the classic Magneto, the big U on the helmet. The, yeah. That, that's know, a look. And I love the, know, the way the, the cape kind of drapes and the way they did the, the collar there. I, I respect their attempts to slowly finally acknowledge what fans wanted, which was to, to make them look like the, the comics. But I think the X-Men movies just in general, just failed. Oh, so hard. Yeah. They could have gone further. That, like, I think the only reason this one's kind of cool is because it's like the closest thing we got after like eight movies or seven movies or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like, okay fine i mean other than professor x in a wheelchair you know what i mean like that's um, i mean you okay. got the, the hover I, chair eventually I, I get it i mean i never i never hated on his helmet the helmet was always accurate every movie you know so mm-hmm. um i was just kind of like that's their suit okay i guess 
Um, but okay, to you, you know, if that's your thing, if you like the suit, cool. Let's keep it coming. I want to see what else you got. Number five, mm. I really like the Captain Marvel suit with the mohawk and the helmet. I have issues with the suit. I think we've, I've talked about in the past where it's weird of her to keep that symbol if they're like really bad people because that's like a crease symbol on her chest. But yeah. I overall, I do love the Captain Captain Marvel's look. I think her movie movie costume was pretty spot on. And going into that movie, I didn't think they were going to do the helmet with the mohawk. That's like a pretty weird specific look. And when they did it, and it went, I I they did it well. I was happy. Okay. No, not no love for Captain Marvel. Oh, the no only love. thing this is missing is missing is the sash. But we got all. All I can all I can see when I see this is like awkward CG around her face. It's not it's not doing her face any favors the way it's shaping it and stuff. And like I like I sure they did the mohawk, but like yeah, I don't love the suit, but. I'm glad I'm glad that you as a long time <laughs> as a long time fan of Captain Marvel finally got this suit that you wanted so badly. I have a Captain Marvel comic on my desk right now. Nice. That that definitely makes you a long time Captain <laughs> Marvel fan. Keep going. Number five or number four. I really like the bat like bat suit. We, we controversy the side with Ben Affleck and his uh his his uh, role as as Bruce Wayne. That is a damn good suit. The fat bats, the gray, the short ears. I think this is a Batman look a lot of people had wanted for a while. And to kind of get it done, I almost want to say perfectly, was a real treat in an otherwise uh, bad movie. No? No thoughts? No comments? I hate this suit. I just Really? I hate it. I just, I think it's terrible looking. I think one, just the, the idea of so many muted colors in the DC universe to the point where like, we're looking at a black and white version. Well, Batman of can be muted in color. I mean, Batman I mean, can this be is, muted in this color. This is the most color we've had in a Batman. But scene. if you're trying to do an iconic Batman, like from the comics, like, which has never been really done in a long time, I guess, like give him the freaking underwear, man. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the underwear. Otherwise, it just looks wrong. I mean, it just, it, I, don't, I mean, sure. I, don't, I, I, I could see that he probably could use trunks on this, but he, he, he needed the trunks. And then also, like, I don't know. I just don't like, I don't like how they try and make it look like armor and skin at the same time. I don't think, it, I think it's, it's like a, a, almost like a Kevlar layer, but I like yeah, how but, it has like but, stitching and it's been patched. But the, and... the musculature of it is stupid. Like it's just too much. Like it's I'd just rather... a buff Batman. No, but it's, it's Kevlar. Like it's not. Yeah. That's all it, buff Batman is. I, I just mean, wish yeah. DC would pick a lane, like, because they're always trying to do <clears throat> armor and muscle at the same time. And it makes everybody look too, too swollen. Do you like the Cavill suit? No, I don't okay. like the Cavill right. suit. Right. Yeah. Well, isn't it? just asking. That yeah. clarifies your statements. Mm -hmm. Number three, I love the first Avenger suit and the first the Captain America first Avenger suit. The yeah, it's a good one. The grays and kind of like the parachute strapping on his chest and the leather and the belt. Yeah, I, I think, think it works. I think it was a big task for the the, the costume designers. It's to a like, stupid ass costume to ad adapt Captain America to look real in in the world. 
And I think that was really clever for them to, to start by thinking of it from the perspective of the 1940s and mm-hmm. what would that suit look like then. Um, and it's a pretty cool suit. Yeah, happy. We also got the, like, the OG suit in that movie too. Yeah, the OG is bad, but it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. It's a good suit. I can respect this choice. I respect this choice. It's good. Okay. It's good. Number two. I think the Civil War Black Panther suit and I guess the beginning of Black Panther 1 is probably one of the best suits the MCU has ever done. Just the the layering, because it's an all-black suit. How do you make that interesting? And the design work that went into it, the the necklace, I like that it was like an actual suit. And I, I really don't like the CG suit that they have in the, in the, in the movie and, and even with the Shuri suit. I like how he has a helmet. He takes it on. He takes it off. It just feels very real and, and heavy, but because also it is practical. Real. Because it is real, and that's what makes <laughs> it cool. Uh, you're going to get absolutely zero arguments from me on this one. <laughs> I, uh, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Okay. And it might be on my list as well. Number one. <laughs> As there are, there's a shrine of Sam Wilson, Captain America behind me. Oh, man. I love this suit purely for the fact that it is ripped straight from the comics. This is his suit. And I mean, in fairness, it's ripped from comics that occurred in like the last 15 years or 10 yeah, years. So, yeah. like, they were kind of already designing stuff to be movie appropriate at that point in time. So, like, sure. I, but, but the wings, the color blocking. And one of my favorite little things from the making of the show is like they're talking about how like unpractical the suit is with the gapping and this yeah. kind of half face cowl and but just something about this this suit I I just love the like again the wings it all in hindsight looking back like this is this was the obvious choice for Captain America right because in the comics it was Bucky for a minute right. And to have like the Falcon and, and, and US agent and US agent, I just think yeah. the suit's so clean and it's it's bright, but not I don't I wouldn't consider it gaudy, right? It's at the end of the day American flag, but it's I just think it works. That's my my favorite suit. I think that's cool. That's your favorite suit. I'm not gonna knock it. I uh, I think it's audacious. I think it's a a little. It's just a it's a bit much, uh, uh, but. I love that he's rocking America's colors, you know, in, in his own way. So it's cool. It's cool. Uh, it's an interesting top 10. I, I kind of dig it. All right. Before we show, show my top 10, I just want to clarify for what my my thoughts going into this were. Uh, you know, I've been I've been watching comic book movies for as long as, you know, I've been around. Uh, and uh, there's a few things that, that really tickle me. Um, one, first and foremost, is if. You make it look like it did in the books. Obviously, that is a very special thing. But if you make (laughs) me believe, if you make me believe that it works in that movie and looks like the suit uh, from the the comics, that's 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 the pinnacle. Right. Other than that, though, there are occasions like Blade, like you said, where they redefine it in a way that I think is so impactful that. the art follows or you know the the original source material ends up adapting to to follow follow suit right and mm-hmm. i think that's really cool when those kind of things happen so 
there are times when the movies just get it so right that I never want to go back. And so those are my two kind of spaces that I, I live in. Um, and, and that's kind of where I, I came to decide on these. And then Joel Benjamin, Joel Benjamin is joining in saying Captain America stealth suit for winter soldier. That's a good suit. It's my favorite Joel. You're not far from, from, from my list. <laughs> so let me get down to it. I got you. I actually got you slightly more than 10. I got some honorable mentions at the end. What? I didn't know but, we have those. But I did it because I, okay. I made the game. So that's okay. how we go. Now I'm going to say that I'm going to start off with something that might be controversial. Um, I got to give it to Love and Thunder Thor in this particular fur outfit. I wished Thor always wore this. When I saw him wear this in in that for like... He wears it for like five minutes in this movie, and I was so mad that he changed into that stupid, gaudy, uh, golden thing for the rest of the movie. It's terrible. But this suit is probably my favorite look I've ever seen Thor in because it just felt Norse. It felt it felt like it occupied a space like both in the Marvel Universe and in Norse mythology, and I think that's kind of the failure on previous Thor suits. They always just felt like teched out space. I mean, space that black suit. suit's pretty sweet. I'm just gonna say the. You mean the black suit from in, Infinity War? Yeah, yeah, but I like this better because it's the black suit, but with it's missing two discs with the, with the fur. With the he fur disc, it's it's the it's the boots with the fur. Mm. Um, Joel's right. adding more. He's adding more Black Panther suit from the first Black Panther is my close second. Um, my second, agree, so yeah, agree to disagree. I agree with you. Agree to disagree. Well, he said from the first Black Panther, not from Civil War. Oh, yeah, that's not on my list. There you go. See, second up is this a costume? Oh my god, how is like, this? Is, not the, a is the shroud a costume or is it the Defender Strange the costume? I think all of it. Okay. I think all of this, Doctor Strange, the dead zombie rocking the shroud of demons corpses or whatever it is like this for me was something i never knew i needed so badly in my life until it happened in that movie in multiverse of madness this is by far my favorite moment in that entire movie um i think it's one of the coolest cg effects that we got in that movie and it just is so jaw-dropping when i see it that i'm not surprised when hot toys went and made this into an act uh, like an actual thing you can buy mm -hmm. this is i just i don't even love dr strange that much and so for me to put this on the list meant this did this this really impressed me when i saw this it was just such a cool look that i never had never seen before for dr strange um i love this one i prefer out of that movie i think i like america chavez's design the most well, out of that movie. America Chavez is not a Doctor Strange. She's in it, though. Uh, I don't think her design is anything special at all. I think it's just, just a girl in, in clothes. I think if that's the bar we're doing for superhero costumes, like I think we, we need to work on, on elaborating here on, like, on how right. we're doing these criteria. Um, all right, here we go. Moving on. Um, I Hey, man. I, I I was thinking about Those it a are two lot. Separate Hellboys. Those are. That's why it's number eight is Hellboys. Uh, I think both of these guys totally transformed the way they looked 
to the point where they look like comic book Hellboy and they barely actually look like the actual actors that played them. And I think that's a real testament to how, how committed they both were, Ron Perlman and David Harbour, to the roles. Whether or not you like one movie or one franchise over the other, I'm not even arguing that. I'm saying that when I saw these movies, I had never read a single Hellboy comic in my life, and I was sold on this character. Have you seen these the guys? Hellboy? What's up? Have you seen the David Harper Hellboy? I have. I didn't it mind good? it. No, I liked yeah. it. I liked it. Is it as good as Ron Perlman? Nah. But it's not David Harper's fault. But aside from that, like, you know, completely separate, if you go grab a comic of Hellboy, dude, this is what he looks like. He does this look, a, yeah. 100%. He's one of the most accurate, like, faithful translations from screen, from, from print to screen I've ever seen. And it just made me really enjoy this character. And, and I, I immerse into that world as ridiculous as this character looks. Like I believe it when I'm watching those Hellboy movies, you know, I, I get it. They, they nailed this, the story fast. And then I'm just like, yeah, big red demon horns cut off. Got it. Cool. What's the story? I never noticed Ron Perlman's Hellboy. It does not have nipples. That it has bumps there, I guess. Mm. Uh, I see a bump. I see a bump. Mm. Anyways, I'm not going to spend this whole time talking about that. Uh, there we go, guys. I, I, I had to throw it on there. Wow. Seven, uh, huh? Civil War, Black Panther. Hey, this is my top ten. It's not yours. I don't know why you're judging me like that. I put the same guy on my on my list that everybody it's else. It's a great decided. suit. It's a great suit. Yeah, it's a great suit. And I think it, it's, it's regal. It's got, it's like you said before, it took a black suit and added things to make you to, to have texture. And, and, and it's just, it's like uh, this is why i love ryan ryan meyerding the the guy who's in charge of all the all this the costume designs and stuff at, at, at marvel um studios is he makes everything look like it belongs in that universe you know what i mean and i think this is a great addition to the universe to talk uh, Joel, to suits pretty, Joel pretty good just adding more um yeah the tachaka suit is also great and that's that's an amazing one too but yeah i just really love this suit and i love i you know I love every version that comes after it too, just not as much as this one. And I think that that's a really cool thing though, because like, if you think about it, we got Black Panther introduced to us in a movie that also introduced Spider-Man into the MCU. And I'm sorry, but this was the better suit. Like this is like, Spider-Man was cool. He was, I mean, he was that's really cool though. That's a good suit. Like he, but but this was this was the first time Black Panther had ever been seen in screen yeah. theaters, and to nail it so well on the first try, like everything else is just like a variation of it, right? Like it's just like, well, we don't want to change it too much. Should we add some purple? Okay, some purple here, there, you know, like, um, but yeah, I just think this suit knocked it out of the park, and good job, good job to everybody who designed this one. Um, next up on my list. Uh, this is my favorite Batman, and this is because I honestly think, okay, this is my favorite live-action Batman. Uh, Christian Bale, uh, uh, this is how he appears in Dark Knight and I think Dark Knight Rises. It's a pretty similar suit in both both movies. Has, the, the suit yeah. in Batman Begins is very different and yeah, very it's a different fat. Scene begins. It's very fat. Like it, it, it has a lot of the problems that Michael Keaton's uh, suits had to where the neck is less able to turn. And so like they actually, I think the fun part about the suits in this uh, 
So just to back up, I said live action. This is my favorite because I think my favorite Batman suit, honestly, is the the suits that he wears in the Arkham games. Uh, I believe the suits. No, but what I'm saying is I believe those suits because they're a mixture of tactical and theatrical. And what I love about the Christian Bale slash Chris Nolan Batman suits is that's what they are. They're very they're very tactical. You know, like they they make me believe and through the whole course of the trilogy, they show you like as he's redeveloping and redesigning parts of the suit. So you as the audience get to like know every little aspect. Well, of the premise suit. of all of his tech is like military R&D. Yeah. They state that in the first movie. Yeah. I, to your point, yeah, they do really hit the nail on the head with everything that he's wearing feels somewhat based in reality right for some type of military like, remember, application remember when they're showing you that the antenna for his communication devices are going in the in the horns mm -hmm. like i thought that was so cool remember how like they spent the whole movie explaining to you what those little blades on his wrists are for like that was awesome like everything about his his suit and and the evolution of it and how like when dark knight started he's like hey ran into some dogs they were kind of a problem i need to get more flexibility in the suit so lucius went and whipped up this version for him and it just got it got slimmer and it got it got more agile and i know buff batman is a popular thing but like i believe like someone who is as agile as batman should not be uh like able to tip over easily you know what i mean and i just think i like this is the this is my favorite batman look period um, and you're allowed, you're allowed to not like that. That's fine. You like what you like. Yeah. I like what I like. Number five and on the other end of things, like it's a great suit, amazing Spider-Man to Andrew Garfield, Batman, or I mean, Spider-Man. It's just the most, I, I don't count the five seconds at the end of, of no way home. Just to be clear. I know that's technically probably the most accurate Spider-Man that's ever been on screen. That was a CG guy that just swung around for a second. I will add it to my list the second I see that person actually take the mask off and put it back on. But for right now, Andrew Garfield rocked. What Where I does the first suit rank? You mean you the mean gold the lens? No, the Amazing Spider-Man 1 suit. Oh, you mean the one that looks like from the Broadway musical? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, that's a terrible suit. Okay. Um, that right. is... That is not that. And I think that's why we got this suit is because it's a great there, was, suit. there was so much negativity, like, uh, you know, that, that came out about that, that, that suit in the first one. I think they just tried so hard to be different that it just missed the mark. And I think they course corrected in the most beautiful way in the second movie. I think this movie is not great. Um, and I think it makes me sad because I think this is the most screen accurate Spider-Man we've ever gotten to date. He just looks great. Look at him posing. He's so. He's I'll so counter with my favorite live action Spider Man suit is the Disneyland Spider Man suit. No, get that out of my face. 100%. Because it has gauntlets. I love the web shooter gauntlets. Mm -mm. Get that love. out of my face. Too much. All right, moving on. Number four. For me, this is peak Captain America that I almost thought we were never gonna get you got it's, the scales it's we got the scales but done in a way that i'm like looking at it and i'm like yeah that works i don't know what those are i mean i think they should explain they're like 
you know, some sort of ar you know, armor or whatever. But like this interpretation of classic Captain America done in real world, for me, I just I never thought I was going to get this suit uh, because we got so many different ones that were all really good. Like every single super suit that Captain America got in the MCU is just amazing. But like when I saw this thing and then and then get out of here when he picked up Mjolnir, that's just like this is a, a treat for me. I think this I is never... a great suit. I just hate the stripes on the apps. I know they just need to be I, straight. I love them. I love the texture of them. I do. But you know, honestly, like as I was looking through all these, like when when I was thinking about it, like in, in general, just Captain America has some of the best suits ever in all of his movies uh but like i had to give an honorable mention like if if i can't give them the space for this i did decide the entire cast of winter soldier all looks the the most awesome they've ever looked for me like 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 joel was saying like you're saying the stealth suit is the most realistic like cool version of that of captain america i've ever seen that's my probably my favorite Black Widow look. That Bucky is amazing. He sells it as a villain. That's even the coolest Nick Fury we ever got. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, and, <laughs> and honestly, black black shirt, black pants. Yeah, and honestly, the Sam Wilson, the first the prototype Falcon is is it made me believe that Falcon could be okay. You know what I mean? So do you did you like the the suit from Falcon Winter Soldier, the white one? Do you mean the one that you liked? The best? No, he wears the white. Remember his his costume in the, in the opening of that series. It's is it white? I don't remember. It's, it's white, white and red. Mm, I don't remember gray. the white. It, maybe gray and red. I think it was probably gray and red. Um, white in there. I like I like it. I I do, but I I think I think trying to add color to his costume just felt like I don't understand why he did it because. The way we got him in the first in in the Winter Soldier didn't bother to have the color and, and it, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I'm just you know I don't see the natural progression of like why did you keep adding more colors to it uh, when it was you were fine you know but it's fine uh, but I just wanted to give a shout out to the the everybody in Winter Soldier is awesome looking uh, now we're gonna get a little weird here my number three I don't know I think this is just it depends on how old you are uh, but. I grew up believing that uh, Superman wore a costume that was sewn by Ma Kent out of the blanket that he arrived in. Is so, that from the movies or is that from the comics? That's from the, the comics, man, and the yeah. movie, and the movie. But like the point, the point was never that Superman needs a crazy buffed out suit of armor. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't need that. He doesn't need something weird and, and that makes him look more alien than he already is he needed something that made that humanized him and made him look like kind of adorable so for me i love the fact that chris reeves is just wearing cloth and 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 it's his body his actual physical body that fills out that suit and and it's adorable it's it's so funny like is it cheesy looking hell yeah it's cheesy but you know what? If you watch him in those movies, he doesn't wear it like it's cheesy. Look at that face on him. He is an American hero right there in that face. He doesn't, he's proud of what he's wearing. You know what I mean? Like he's not in any way ashamed of it. And I love that for him. 
And I love a Superman that doesn't care about what, you know, what he's wearing. Um, what needles did Ma can't use to sew the suit if it's bulletproof? Exactly. Like, <laughs> we're getting into the weird stuff. Vibranium right? suit from Ma Kent. We're getting into the weird stuff. But um, it doesn't change the fact that, like, it was made from a blanket. You know what I mean? So How big is a blanket? Exactly. Right. It's the big ass. <laughs> um, so I just really love I love this. It, this is for me the best Superman uh, on, on in movies that we've ever got. Um, I actually prefer Tyler Hecklin's Superman on uh, Superman and Lois. But I think that suit suffers from CW itis. It is not a great flattering suit for for Tyler Hecklin. And I wish that we lived in a world where it was OK to dress like Christopher Reeves nowadays. But it's not movies have gone so far in the techie texture like direction that you, you can't have somebody wear this anymore. And that's kind of sad to me. Um, number two, uh, for me, I think the OG Iron Man got me so giddy and he made me believe he made me believe that Iron Man was a real thing there in those movies and he set the tone and so every suit that comes after it is an iteration of this suit and, a, and an improvement on this suit. And I love it for that because you can always trace it back to this suit. And I think that's a really cool thing. And and he just set he just set the bar. There's a weird like bulkiness, but I love the bulkiness but to it. Slimness to it that again, I don't hindsight's 2020, right? But to your point, seeing this as like the base. And then going from everything after it, it is kind of neat to see each iteration. Right? Yeah. Slightly different, slightly slimmer, slightly, you know, like I honestly, I, I geek out on the suitcase one, the silver and red one, you know, like, but and, like, I just think it's uh, awesome that we got that. But like, and there's other ones that I geek out on, but they're all uh, iterations of this one. And I think that this one sold that movie for me. You know what I mean? Like I came away from that movie not upset that this was the Iron Man I got. I, I understood the references from the comics because it was recently uh, redesigned by Adi Granoff in the, in the comics. And I had been reading those comics. So when I saw this Iron Man, I was like, whoa, that, that, looks, that looks like we have a winner right here. And Joel agrees. That suit made me believe in Marvel. And hell yeah. This is this was it for me. Like I was I was on board whatever they wanted to give me because of this Iron Man suit. You ready for my number one? Yes, let's see it. All right, guys, here we go. I gave it to the entire team of Deadpool. That's I know, cheating. That's, I know. That's cheating. I know. Joel gave it to Colossus from X Two. Um, I don't agree. I don't agree with X Two. I I think that for all the embarrassing mistakes that the fox uh x-men films did i felt like it was ryan reynolds like like specific mission to give us the most screen accurate versions of characters we've ever seen including just the generic x-men suit i love negasonic teenage warhead the second she took her trench coat off and 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 her sweater and revealed that she was just rocking the x-men trainee suit Oh my God. I was just like, it looks so beautiful. It's always meant to look that cool. I don't know why Fox has ever been afraid to do this suit. 
Uh, and the same goes, like, you know, and obviously the way Ryan Reynolds owns that Deadpool suit, you know what I mean? But that Colossus, man, that's it's freaking hair. Colossus. It's, it's the hair. It's it's everything about him. He's just so beautiful. So for me, it is really Deadpool, but like I think Deadpool is only enhanced by the people around him, right? Like he really it's all sold because of the the they finally gave us an, a Marvel universe outside of the MCU that actually felt like the Marvel universe rather than the Matrix universe. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just it was it was such a joy to see. And honestly, I think Ryan Reynolds, it was a point of pride for him because the last time he played Deadpool before this, he looked like this. <laughs> and you had it ready. I they did I, him I dirty. Mean, I mean, you kind of see what they're doing, right? With the eyes and oh my god. Wow. But yeah, this was this was bad. It's terrible, right? Like, so I, I'm really happy that we got to have Deadpool be the way he is. And like, it's funny because there was leaks uh, of his new suit in the in the newest movie right now, like on set photos. And I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, it looks like every Deadpool suit that he's worn, maybe slightly redder. It's slightly redder. Well, way to spoil the news. I thought you were I thought you already did all the news. No, we haven't done the news yet. I thought we started with the news. OK, well, fair enough. Hold on. Here's my honorable mentions real quick. There you go, Ricky. I, okay. I had to keep late on there, but see, I have the teeth because the teeth yeah. sell it for me. The teeth, the teeth are everything. That's when day I walk like, mm -hmm. the day walker, you know. And then uh, because I am just OG man, I can't not say, I can't say no to the the accuracy. If this is what <laughs> Batman and Robin look like in the comics I was reading in the 1980s, when I turn on the TV and find reruns of these two, Adam West and Burt Ward. Woo! I was in heaven for 30 minutes every night. It's just, I didn't even know that this was dumb to dress like this. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't know because I well, grew isn't up. Well, is the Robin like, suit like his trapeze suit, right? Like, that's like the thing. That is 100% the most accurate Robin suit that's ever been done in live action because he wears underwear and el little and little elf boots. I didn't like an underwear fetish. You, you're being on that for a minute. I like well. That's my thing. I like the trunks because this is how they were when they were when they were designed. This is how every well, every these every superhero the, designed in the in the before the Marvel age, before the sixties. Every superhero was the designed trunks were trunks. part for basically to break up the body, right? To get yeah, it was an it was an artistic choice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 They were just color blocking, you know, and and it it, it made sense, but like. Uh, when you take it away, like if I was to Photoshop Adam West to just be all gray right there, it would look so wrong. It would look so wrong. And it, it, I don't know. It just for for me, it takes attention away. But I know for some people, it's the opposite. But I think it's um, the opposite for a lot. Of but people. I had to I had to I had to put them on there. My boys, they're too they're too they're too classy for me. I couldn't say no to them. Uh, but with that said, I really, really did like your edition of Ghost Rider from Spirit of Vengeance. You know how much I love that movie, uh, even though it's terrible. It's it's so good. Um, <laughs> it's not terrible. It's 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 the better of the two Ghost Rider movies. Um, I wanted to put Yellow Daredevil on this list, but like I'm like, yeah, I'm surprised no Yellow Daredevil or She Hulk. He's not. Yeah, She Hulk is not there yet. I, I'm giving her time to really get. Need the so curly the looks, hair. I need some other looks that I that I want from her, but um, 
I do like her. I think she's good enough, you know. But I, I think the Hulk and She-Hulk are both good enough to sell the whole thing. Um, the, I, I, I'm not. I don't have a problem with them. I just don't. I don't look at them and get the same joy from from just their visual appearance as I do from, you know, uh, Deadpool from like, Batman's underwear. And I'm not even like the big Deadpool fan. I just think Deadpool like. He brought it, dude. He brought the accuracy. Well, let's bring on some more Deadpool and have some context to this conversation with some news. And you could remind the audience that, you know, if they have their own opinions, they can share them on the comments. And yeah, share them in the comments. Be like Joel and comment uh, to your heart's desire. Before we do the news, how did you feel about my list? I think your list surprised me a bit. I I didn't think the Christopher Eves or the Batman stuff would kind of be in there. Um, I am surprised on some of them because I maybe because you're like a toy collector and I I don't see those toys out that often. Of the people that you picked, I feel like you have most of those toys somewhere. Like, what do you mean? Like Deadpool? Like the specific movie suits or whatnots or like, I don't see you playing with those toys a ton. So to see them on your top 10 <laughs> list. Okay. I didn't know I had to play with them a ton. I didn't know you had to either. I mean, I could have just made a top 10 list with 10 Spider-Mans on it. I mean, I have my, my number one on a desk behind me. I don't see no, no Deadpool's behind you. Because I, I do art behind me. So I have to change it out constantly. <laughs> I don't think he's my favorite figure. I don't think he's my favorite toy because I think your criteria for a toy is different than mine, right? Like I think for me, is the toy able to do all the things that he can do in the movie? I don't think the Marvel Legend of Ryan Reynolds can do all the, the, the wonderful things that he does. In that 31 movie. points of articulation. Uh, yeah, but he's missing them in some key areas. <laughs> so. I'm just saying that's for me. My criteria for toy is different. The the you know, but we can move on. I just well, I'm curious. Will you buy a toy of this new Deadpool leak? I'll buy a toy of it, but it won't necessarily be on my desk in front of me or behind me. A little bit of a brighter red, some gold thrown in there, and as the news came out earlier today, we're getting is there, uh, is there gold? There's gold on his hand and his buckles. Okay, but. We're also getting gold in the form of Electra. This will be uh, apparently making a cameo appearance. We're talking mm. ab about the Jennifer Garner uh, Electra. You're talking about Jennifer Garner specifically. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've heard rumors that Ben Affleck is being seen on the set of Daredevil. Or, I mean, I, I've I actually Daredevil. never Dead, seen Deadpool. the Electra movie. Um, and I have not seen Daredevil since I saw it in theaters, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm going to say this, uh, one, one to tie it back. Um, uh, I think I'm not surprised that Electra is going to be in it, especially if I've been reading reports that people have seen Ben, ben Affleck on the set as well, um, giving us the shitty, so. the shitty, but giving us the shitty Fox. They're also, they also are co-parents still. So it's not like they never see each other. My kids they, are like old now, aren't they? They're still co-parents. <laughs> he's 
You think once kids turn 18, do you stop seeing your your separated parents? I mean, <laughs> do you even stop seeing them together? Uh, that's a little too personal of a question. Um, I would prefer more to time. I think you're judging Electra and 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 uh and Deadpool. Or Don't Deadpool. spin this back on me. I'm just reading the news. I know you are, but no, I'm saying um, but back to what you're saying about uh, about the old movies uh daredevil does some things right some things wrong surprisingly i think Elektra does more things right but uh nobody cared like nobody cared and, and it's the story's not very good i think that's the problem with it but like does she look cool in it yeah i guess she has the things she's read she, she still doesn't look greek she does the, the stuff right and yeah well she she does things on the toy news we're, uh, what are we, two weeks out from a San Diego Comic-Con 2023 and some of the panel stuff starting to come out. We won't go through all of the Marvel stuff, but I brought out some of the hitters. Uh, on Friday around noon, we're going to have the Hasbro Marvel Legends uh, panel. I know this is your uh, your domain. What's uh, What are you looking forward to here? Um, a few things. Uh I love this panel because this is a chance for the team to actually like see all of the toy celebrities that have become have, have, have come to be out of the last few years of, of you know, toy reviewers uh, becoming a thing. Um, it's a gathering. It's like a mini convention of all the most famous toy collectors all there in one room. And it's really adorable to see how much the Hasbro team cares about like what those people do for their their brand and stuff and and so they'll bring figures and ask those people to announce them because they have some special place you know in their hearts so like when they brought razor back last year the toy they the chartermus thing right no they asked um robo from the foosh because because he's from arkansas and razorback is from arkansas and i don't think he and he was so blown away when he saw that toy because he never thought he would ever get a razorback toy and it's an adorable thing that they do and so um for me one of the reasons i go is just because like i feel like i'm with people that totally understand me oh you're with the toy freaks there i'm with i'm with my people when i'm in that room and i love it so much so i on that token i don't care what they show me uh on the other hand though I know that the G.I. Joe HasLab is going to end three days before this Comic-Con panel. And so I'm pretty excited to that, that at the possibility that they will do the actual HasLab Avengers uh, announcement at Comic-Con. I think that's the place to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, they, I mean, then they have the floor they, space. This is on Friday, so you, you announce it, and then you put the thing out on display on Saturday. Yeah, right? exactly. Do it like that. That Maybe, would be so It's a Quinjet, cool. right? That's what the, the talk of the town is? Is it? I don't know. I'm not mad if it's a Quinjet. That's really cool. That's cool. Because if it's a Quinjet, you know what that means? Well, one, if it's a Quinjet and well, it sells well. <laughs> if, it, if it sells well, you know what it means? It means that one day we will get the Blackbird, the X Men jet. Oh. That is yeah. the goal. That is what everybody wants. Is that too big wants. though? Is that? Do they Hell all fit? Dude, it's so big. The Blackbird is so big that like if we ever got that, every X Men fan ever would just shit a brick. 
Like it would just be the coolest thing ever. Did you see? Did did you have? Do you have the Batmobile on this on this news? No. Did you see that thing? It's the one from the Flash. So they just reskinned it. It's cool. The, it's the big. Batmobile. Yeah, the '89 Batman McFarlane Batmobile. Yeah, you're saying it's from the Flash. I don't know what you mean by. Yeah, that. they released the the they released a Keaton Batman Batmobile for the Flash movie. Oh really? And, and then so the one that's the '89 version is a reskin of that one. It's just with a matte paint. And then they have a new '89 Batman toy. I didn't it. know they've sold more than one seven-inch scale Batmobile. Yeah, like from that line. That's amazing for the the car that never got driven in that, that movie. <laughs> yeah, but still, like it's like people just want the cars, you know, and so they can. Yeah. Drive them. yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of having toys is to do the things that you wish they would have. I done like the Mondo movies. animated Batman Batmobile. That's a sick looking. Yeah, but Mondo's scales is a little. I mean, they're pricing. <laughs> Their pricing is crazy too. So, but yeah, I agree. That's a good one too. That's an excellent one. Another heavy hitter of a panel coming to Hall H. We are getting uh, a Marvel Spider Man 2, the PlayStation 5 game coming out later this fall. They're going to be doing a uh, hour long panel up in the big old Hall H. Remember the last game that was there? Avengers? Was Avengers in Hall H? That was in Hall H, yeah. I didn't I didn't go to the panel. I think that's where they unveiled Kamala Khan for the first time. It was kind of teased, but they they if I'm not mistaken, they showed her there for, for the first time. Yeah. I don't need commercials. I like who are they who are they trying to sell this game to? Like who, who at Comic Con was not planning to buy the game? I mean, until they some of the voice talent. You got Tony Todd there. He's playing Venom. You don't want to go see Tony Todd for an hour? I don't care. He's in The Witcher. Okay. I get. I get him. I get him all the time in The Witcher. <laughs> well, they also have a, a handful of other panels. Um, we have to get into them. But up until this point, anything else that was been announced that's going to be there that you're kind of excited for? Um. I know our friend uh, Oliver just shared earlier today that one of the exclusives at the Mondo, I think it's a Mondo exclusive. Um, it's it's the it's the Prince Adam he man oh, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. from from the What's Going On video. Oh my god! Is it a bust or is it a figure? I don't know, but it looks so good. It's it's awesome. I like. I just like that things that niche can can exist at a Comic Con, and that's that's what that's why. San Diego Comic-Con is my absolute favorite place on the planet. It's just like everything that you could ever hope somebody would enjoy some specific thing is there. Like it doesn't, you don't have to like that. There's there's something for everybody and like you can get really granular with the the nerdy shit you can find there. But the coolest thing is the more nerdy you are, the more you can enjoy. Like if you have if you love Star Trek, dude, you're gonna have a blast there. If you love Star Trek and Star Wars, woo, even better. If you love Star Wars, Star Trek, and the Terminator, like you know what I mean? And you just keep adding to it. Add. You just keep adding. There's a group there that they set up a desk by the uh, one of the ends of the ends of the hall where a lot of the video games are, and it's basically like sign this petition to get Disney to make John Carter too. And I love it. I love how I can. I like John Carter. I like that movie. 
But still, um, that's and I love how, how specifically nerdy that is. And you know what? What's funny? Last year, uh, one of the directors on director's panel, the director of John Carter 2 basically shared out, like he he brought in notes and production art from John Carter 2. Oh, like they he, already he, have the stuff, huh? Yeah, he plotted out the second movie and the third movie. And it was kind of cool, like, because only shit like that happens at Comic-Con where you get these yeah. really candid, because, you know, you're, yeah. we're 10, 15 years removed from that movie at this point. Yeah. But you get some sort of closure. I mean, the end of the spectrum on that is is uh, the Snyder Cut, right? That shit is straightly from the crazy-ass nerds out of Comic-Con. Yeah, well, I mean, there are toxic people everywhere, so what are you going to do? <laughs> um, yeah. But, hey, hey uh, welcome to uh, Sean Ruffner for joining us. It's been a while since I talked to you. Uh, and he recommended that all our audience uh, li- hit that like button. And uh, I think that's a good option. Smash advice. it. Yeah. Wow. We talked about a lot of stuff that wasn't Secret Invasion. Did you, you want to talk about Yeah. Do you want to talk about Secret Invasion? Is that I why guess. we're here? I guess. I mean, I don't know. You I don't think you I introduced intro it either. We're talking nah, about Secret Invasion this week. Nah, you did Episode not. three. I mean, if you're watching the show, it's it's uh, context loose, right? We did two last last week. We're doing three this week. I mean, there's a thumbnail. So yeah, like, yeah, you know what you're watching. If you clicked on it, you know. But yeah, uh, I guess I guess we're actually here to talk about Secret Invasion three after we've talked an hour about not that. Um, uh, it came out this week, right? This is we're, we're this recording is Wednesday, on a, recording on a Friday, on the seventh uh-huh. of July. Yeah, uh, I watched that episode twice. I know last week I said that the season, the episode ended in a way that I was suddenly very intrigued. Does your um, intrigue continue? Or is nah, your intrigue continued. Nah, I kind of got I kind of got bored with it again. It did fall a little flat this episode. Yeah, Which is crazy it, considering they basically stopped World War Three, and this is like a plateau. I feel like of this. And season. see, that's what I'm saying. I think the fact that like they 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 at least postponed World War Three in an episode. They showed spy work going going crazy and everything like that. It, it's not glamorous. Nothing, nothing hit for me, and honestly, like the twists don't matter to me. I, like because I think my big problem is like if you just averted World War Three today what are the stakes of this show like i don't i don't really feel the stakes i know they keep saying they're gonna wipe out all of humanity but like they're not you know they're not like this like am i am i spoiling it you know spoiler warning guys nick fury wins i mean they could pull like a spider-man no way home and i think yeah i think that's my problem is like i i want to believe that this show will end in a way that leaves people jaw dropped and instantly heading to TikTok to 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 say what does that mean for the future of MCU? I want to believe it's going to do that because in general Marvel's pretty good at hitting that beat every time they do something, right? Every everything they do gets something memeable. You get you get something memeable out of it. And so I'm waiting for the meme moment, like the the moment that just causes people the to thumbnail. Like, yeah, like and so I haven't seen it yet because and I, I've talked about it before, but like I think the big problem with this story versus what it is in the comics is the comics is from a very different point of view and time. And in the comic Secret Invasion, you don't know that the replaced people are still alive somewhere in a mm-hmm. in a basement being perfectly preserved. 
so that they can come back and rejoin society. In this episode. And they led with that in the first episode yeah. too. And it's, they've reiterated that point every episode so far. We're in episode three, right? And they keep showing you the basement people. And it's kind of annoying to me because it removes all the stakes. You know what I mean? Like if they threatened the basement people, maybe I'd care more. But so I think the reason I mean, it bothers me. There could be me, another basement somewhere. There's a million of them on this planet. There could be a second basement. That's You're missing the point. I, the, I know. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. The are you you're just saying stuff like i don't i don't understand what you mean by there's a second basement my my point is like as long as we know that the people are safe and sound um it doesn't make it it doesn't make me care that they're being impersonated you know what i mean like in the comics when i found out electra was a scroll i was like oh crap how long has electra been a scroll and where is the other electra Right. But with this show, you take one half of that question away automatically. Right. I, I still want, I still wonder, Oh, how long has she been a scroll? But I know where she is, you know, like, you know, what happened to her? I know she's down in the basement, so it's fine. So like, that's what makes it weird for me is, is the stakes are, you don't like basements. That's just what it is. No, I'm just saying like, we, we know where, we know where they, where the heroes go at the end of the story. They go down to the basement and they free everybody. You know what I mean? And that's that makes it. I don't. I don't like that. Now, would it be awesome if they nuked everybody in the basement instead? And then you're like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, that'd be cool. They ain't gonna do that. They're not gonna do that, especially I, because I there's a don't good chance think it's gonna end like that. Simply for the fact that there's scrolls who don't want the people in the basement, right? I. I think there's more nuance to what they set up in the show that going to the what basement is the scrolls that don't want the people in the basement. Like there, there, there's faction of scrolls that actively want to like help people. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. There's good scrolls and bad scrolls, but like the bad scrolls have to be defeated. And that means you have to free all the people that were being impersonated this whole time. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's eventually the status quo will be reset. So like, you know, if we find out, which we will, that Don Cheadle is in the basement as well, is his roadie, I don't really care because, like, what, like, they need to contextualize it. Like, how how far-reaching is imposter uh, roadie? Is, is, did, is imposter roadie, is scroll roadie the one who got shot by vision and, and fell down from the sky and got paralyzed and then got nursed by Iron Man and 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 recovered and now has uh you know super high-tech uh devices to help him walk like assist him in walking and therefore if you suddenly show us that roadie is in the basement does this roadie not have a disability because f that dude i'll be really pissed if all that trauma that scroll roadie went through is for nothing you know what i mean i mean it's still his trauma it's still scroll roadie's trauma yeah but i don't care about scroll roadie because his whole agenda has been to take over the world you know what i mean so i instantly it invalidates you i'm sorry if hitler gets hit by a bus and becomes a paraplegic i don't have empathy for hitler if he's hitler you know like it doesn't matter i'm not playing i'm not playing being ableist here i'm being i don't know it's been spin out of this <laughs> yeah well you said it so um, 
But uh, do you get my point? Like, the, the, I do. The stakes I do. aren't the, there. I mean, this is the problem with the movies too, right? Like, whatever happens between now and and uh, Secret Wars, the Avengers or company will win, right? Like, yeah. Like it's they're gonna win. It's stuff might change. Shit might go south in some way, but they're gonna win. Yeah, I, but it's not the part where they win that's bothering me. It's the part where, uh, that's a good. I mean, we've definitely asked that question before, Sean. So is the real roadie Terrence Howard? Uh, that would be hilarious and awesome, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, what if? Okay, be. hear me out. What if it is, right? And they they've they reveal that Wong is a scroll and he mind wiped everybody. Just think <laughs> that Terrence Howard, Don Cheadle's Terrence Howard. Or vice I, versa. I, I asked the question again, but to what end? Like to just what, for, to, to, to make it silly. Oh, okay. Well, if it's to, to make you can it have silly, some, some silly stuff in your show. <laughs> I mean, would you really like that? If it was silly? Yeah. I would. Okay. All right. I if actually kind of would. If it was silly, fine. If they can make me believe that it's it, that the silliness works in the in the context of the show, fine. But you know what I mean? Like, I think you're. I think tonally, you're asking the show to change directions. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. in a way that it shouldn't. So, I think they're kind of trapped, right? They're they're trapped in a prison of their own creation. They've created a super serious show where the world is in danger, but like you showed us that all the people are safe and sound down below. There's just sleeping. There's having dreams about their favorite things, like their passwords and stuff like that, you know? And, uh, and eventually you can just wake them up and then we're fine, you know? So yeah. Yay. We're going to get super scrolls. He said the name, he said the word in the, in this episode, he did say the name. He said the word. And then he, he, you saw he used extremists to heal after, uh, he got his hand cut in that, in that scene in the, in the cafe. Um, these are all cute things, but I don't, I mean, here's my thing. I remember how well extremists worked for everybody who had it in the last time we saw it. So I'm not, I don't think he should be super jazzed to, to be rocking extremists in him. He's kind of a ticking time bomb, right? Like, I mean, I mean, he's a scroll. He can got to heal himself, right? <laughs> I mean, they don't have like super healing. They can get killed by a bullet as seen so far several times well the extremist gives them the healing right yeah no i know that's what i'm saying that but it's not because he's a scroll it's just because you know i i don't think i think my statement earlier where it plateaued that's that's my best guess like i i'm not more or less excited after this episode yeah it, it was just an episode of, of secret invasion um i did like seeing nick fury do nick fury things where you know things? He, they see saves they saves the world from a nuke and it's there's no fanfare with it he just does it he yeah but, but else i but do he, like how they did he do the it beginning. did he do Con, it contextually in the beginning he, he he calls uh olivia coleman's character right and he says hey i have a lead on a u.s a scroll high up in the u.s government yeah, and, and then, then they, all of a sudden they're hunting down uh, a British, uh, what's the Navy cap Commodore? No, that's not, it's not all of a sudden. It's it's because because Talos got intel from his daughter that that a UN plane was going to be shot out of the sky by a sub, and so 
when Talos provided that in that very useful information to to Nick Fury, Nick Fury changed course and said, "Okay, this is priority. We'll worry about the high-ranking official later." So, and then that's the whole episode, right? The entire episode is just here's a tease at something bigger. Then here, let's let's fill in the episode with a fun like stop a nuke uh, storyline. That's also really just uh, an elaborate excuse for Talos to kill Amelia Clark's or not Talos for Gravik to kill uh, uh, Gaia. That was for me the most shocking thing, but in a weird way because I'm like, people stop killing characters that I don't care about in this show. But like, to, to to your point about the people in the basement, there is still a Gaia right in the basement somewhere. So, no, there's a there's a per, whoever. Okay, no, that's not well, true. There, there's no, a person she's impersonating no. in the basement somewhere. No, that's not true. How's that? No, true? no, they don't need they don't need to have a person in the basement to impersonate them. They I know need, they they have the, the people in the basement are all all, all important fi figures in the world that they're keeping there so that they can mentally extract more information from them. But that's this very specific group of people that are in charge of doing that. Maybe like, she's important and we don't know it yet. No, she's Maybe not important private. because nobody recognizes her every time she walks around the street. She's not important. Like that's I, what I'm saying. I, 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 okay, I think she is important. I'll, I'll counter with you there. Do you think that you Amelia Clark is not be important? No. <laughs> that fine. That's I guess true. But I like I, I will leave it at this. I think Amelia Clark will show back up in this season in some capacity as another character not she's Gaia. gonna she's gonna show up uh as she's gonna show up next week as previously on secret invasion and then gunshot dead like that's what she's gonna show i mean if she's somebody else like that's a weird move to not be impersonating that character right if she is abigail brand the way they announced that she was going to be abigail brand all these years ago then why wasn't Gaia trying to do Abigail brand stuff? Why was Gaia just doing weird Gaia stuff? Abigail brand could be a, a shield agent, but she wasn't doing shield agent things. She wasn't trying to impersonate a person. She was just walking around with a human face. That's I, what I'm I saying. think, I think we're the cards leading the horse with that mindset a little bit. I'm open to her being someone. If it is Abigail Brand, I can see the stepping stones. All right, she gets freed from whatever machine she's in. She goes in the Super Scroll machine. It does weird shit there because she's a mutant or a human, whatever. They, they write story-wise, and bam, she has powers. Okay, that went far. That's that's that that's what my mind goes to after the at the end of that episode once they killed her. And to to the point, okay. there is even a teaser for next week's episode, where they play on the fact on Amelia Clark being gone, and hinting, "Am I done?" So, I rest my case. There's a teaser where? Uh, I think it was like a Twitter teaser where it's like they kind of recap the episode and. Oh, I would Amelia rather Clark... Maria Hill tweeted that. <laughs> I mean, she's gone. They put her ass in a box. I know. <laughs> they brought out her mom. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, conversely, the other thing she could just do is stand up after being shot. <laughs> like she could just, she could have just turned into a. Scroll she could have taken. She could have been a super scroll all along. 
Sure. Fair. She could she could just stand up right at the end. I don't think it has to be some weird thing like uh, the Amelia Clark that's down in the basement is going to become some superhero that we can't even think of because like it doesn't have anything to do with scroll powers. I don't think it has to be that convoluted. I think the I think the the it's it's Occam's razor, right? Like the simplest explanation is probably the the most she's likely. She's probably not dead. She's probably not dead. Yes, that's <laughs> probably what happened yeah well Just what saying. was there any highlights in the episode for you uh i really liked the english breakfast that talos was eating that looks so delicious man i was like i i could go for an english breakfast i, right I am now. still down for all of the character scenes with talos and fury i really like i was talos less down graphic i was less down for the talos and 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 fury scenes this time around and here's why, like, because I explained them to my wife because she didn't watch the episode with me the first time. And she single-handedly in like one sentence just completely took the fun out of what I ex explained to her. I was like, oh, yeah, so in this episode, Talos basically reminds Fury that every success he's ever had while being at S.H.I.E.L.D. was due to uh, Talos and the 19 uh, scroll operatives that Fury had as his ultimate elite spy network all over the world that helped him take down bad guys and, and get, you know, nuclear codes and do all these things. Right. And so when I told that to my wife, I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like Talos was saying, and then she, she was like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You think that's cool that they completely took away all of Nick Fury's agency. And I was like, damn, did she's kind of right. She's kind of right. She kind of did like, and, and so much so that like Talos, Talos is stopped the nukes from happening, right? Like he actually, mm -hmm. he actually got his daughter on the phone and got her to get the information he needed to impersonate uh, Robert Fairbanks and and issue a, a cancellation of the nukes. So, like, yes, it's cool that Nick Fury held a child at gunpoint to free the guy from hostage. I guess, but that's literally all Nick Fury did in that moment, you know. So I I. I don't think it removes him of his agency, but it does for me validate a lot of his success. Right? Yeah, it, I think it, I think it, it, can it do makes both. it a more practical step for But I think the that conversation specifically, I I really enjoyed because it's almost how to put it behind every successful white person, right? In history, almost there is a team of people of color and minorities that propped up to their success or got them their, yeah. their games. Yeah. I, see so the I, I like the parallel of having, you know, a high ranking black man suddenly be kind of put in that position by effectively, a, you know, exploiting even, another race. Yeah. yeah. Exploiting another race. And I think that's a really yeah. interesting subtext that the show starts. The show has no, been exploring. You're not wrong. I think that's a cool thing. That is a cool thing, but it makes Nick Fury less Nick Fury. Do you know what I mean? It makes it more MCU Nick Fury, but now like this character is very, very far away from any comic Nick Fury ever. You know what I mean? Like they're almost completely just not the same person at all. And I think that's where I come from is like, it's, it's kind of weird that like, cause you got to remember like everybody wants like their version of a character from the comics, right? Like, like you have, you had a very specific look that you wanted Captain Marvel to rock in the movies, right? And so you're Sass, really happy. That you, yeah, I know. But 
what I'm saying is like Nick Fury has been in the comics for years, man, like years. He's, he's, excuse me. Yeah, one of the old, he's... <laughs> he's one of the OG Marvel characters. So like, I, I think the fact that the character keeps becoming more and more of not that character is weird. Um, do I think Nick Fury pulls some shady shit to like get a job done? Yeah. But like, I don't know. It, I feel like it's less, I feel like it's more black and white than, than, than this. This is like the most gray area ever. Like, mm -hmm. this is like, okay, Nick, I don't even know like how I feel about you right now. You know, like it's, I, I feel like poor Talos and like, and what a good friend Talos has been to you. I mean, Talos time. does love and he's trust his man. Like he's, he's his ride or die. die and he still doesn't understand it after all of this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Sean has a, an interesting point, which is what if Fury is a scroll? Then that just becomes a super frustrating experience because we know how much unreliable narrator stories are fun for everybody, right? Like, um, that would kind of suck, I think, right? I don't know. I don't know. Would it would it be cool? I, I don't I wouldn't be upset if he was a scroll. But well, let me put it this way. Movie, Sorry, you cut out, but what was that? I was gonna ask, like, where do you think we get Nick Fury next? We get in the Marvels, but I'm his his arc hasn't really been. You don't see the end of the arc, right? And I'm curious yeah. to to when when they're gonna start putting in those breadcrumbs. I would love an end to his story, just because I feel like. We've gotten ends to so many other characters that didn't we did we didn't want to see go away. I would just rather Nick Fury goes away before he's just too old to be playing this character. You know what I mean? Like um, that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, I I I don't know what the what their end game is for Fury. I think that's kind of my weird my weird problem with him now. And it, maybe they have something really cool maybe he ends the, his time in the marvel universe pulling out a purple lightsaber who knows like it just i don't know like i thought i was down after the second episode because like that speech that that nick fury had with with uh Rhodey was really cool uh but now in hindsight when you know they basically confirm that Rhodey's a scroll in this episode uh then I'm like, oh, you're a dick for having that conversation last week. It does make that conversation a little weird on the it, scroll but, side. Well, on it both is, sides. yeah, right. But right. I, I, but in hindsight, though, I shared your thing with our Slack where that roadie calls Nick multiple times in that conversation, and as we learned in this episode, no one calls him Nick. Yeah. So but also, I, also as we learn in this episode, Don Cheadle's voice is on the phone at the end of the yeah. Series. So, but to me, that that brings more context to that conversation on where the moment he calls him Nick, Fury's ears are already perked up. Yeah. And now he's now he's in Fury mode of of doing his his shit. You know. Yeah. So maybe it's fun to go back and watch that scene again. You know what I mean? Like, did you do that? Did you? Go I did. Back I watched watch that scene. Yeah. Actually, I went to back and watch Captain Marvel too, just to get some context on. Oh, yeah. scrolls. Did did any of them have names besides? besides no, but there there were some different looking scrolls, like smaller scrolls with like bigger eyes. 
in that movie. Oh yeah, I think I remember that. It was like a tribute. That was a that was an homage to like Jack Kirby's original designs of the scrolls. But yeah, I remember that. But yeah, how did that scene? How did that scene feel this time around? It's a little different. It is a little different. I don't know if you necessarily like visually see him perk up when he calls him Nick, but I do think his, in hindsight, his dialogue does sh- shift around a little bit more. He is pretty aggressive in that in that scene, mm-hmm. right? Like he gets pretty aggro. He doesn't and... necessarily ask for help a lot, right? So yeah. if if I'm Nick Fury. Like you saw how hard it was to get for him to ask for help for Talos right in this episode. I mean, he doesn't so, ask for help a lot because he makes people help him. Yeah, but he, I mean, like every but he he was asking for every... help in the, in that in that context in that conversation. Yes. So yes. I I think that was I took it as almost that he's testing him because he he knows that Rhodey knows he won't ask for help, right? And he knows if he does ask Rhodey for help, he will help him. Right. So the fact that those things did not didn't happen, that I could see that being like a trigger of like, okay, I know this dude's a, a scroll. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is also why he went to his wife and started asking her who she is now. You know, like he was which yeah. I mean, I, I think that was the most interesting part of the episode, honestly, for me, um, was okay, you had a wife and who mourned you after the blip for six years. Then you came back, said, hi, honey, I'm home. Oh, shit, I got work to do. I'm out. I do love everyone chewing him out about that. That is super fucked up. That is messed up, man. Because, like, how, like, at this point in the story, like, how many years removed are we from the blip? Is it, like, one, two years? I think we're, like, five, dude. Are we five years from the blip? I don't know. Um, It's hard to tell. Like, I, but all I'm saying is, if he's been away from home for 11 years, basically, and he can just come home, walk in the door and kiss her, you should worry about that. There's something going on there that is but not. The, the people giving him shit is kind of, I do love that reoccurring theme. Yeah. Because you, you get, you're getting to see him, again, be have some more emotion. He's not the, the cool super spy Nick Fury. He's the husband nick fury the best friend nick fury the the mentor nick fury in those in those conversations i i will give this credit to the show is i think the wife thing is interesting it might it might play out a little too convenient but i do think one of the bigger problems i've had with the show is it's 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 hard for me to listen to graphic speeches and 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 hear and know that the majority of the scroll population is down to clown with him because like it almost sounds like if you were listening to this guy talk about entire genocide of the human race like you would think like should i be at this meeting like is this the right you know what i mean historically i'm saying like (laughs) it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of really nice scroll people that yeah they've had they've had they haven't had the life they wanted for the last 30 years, but like, but what I'm saying is I like that the wife is there because if anybody, if anybody has the right to be upset about the way Nick Fury has treated the scroll, woo, after knowing he's, she's been like waiting for him for 11 years. That's, 
yeah, I don't mind. I don't I don't blame her at all for going rogue and, and wanting to kill everybody. People following charismatic leaders is but I don't think a part he's charismatic. I don't of our of our race as a species. He's, he's not charismatic though. I don't think I he think is. He's pretty you know. Mm, I don't I don't believe him as a as a Hitler. I don't. I don't believe him. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't. It's the second time we brought up Hitler in the Skins podcast. Hey, man, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get views. <laughs> um, trying to get. Trying to get. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a whole side of this country that follows a, a crazy talking person. So, um, yeah, I, I see. I get it. You know, it, what to your point it might not be as elegant as it could be, but I, yeah, I do. I, I get Gravik's point. I get his why he's doing the things he's doing. I enjoyed his conversation with Talos and where Talos kind of like. I like his conversation with Talos. He spins it back and says like, you know, the humans are like at their, at their best when they're against like a common person. And I I like that because he he doesn't phrase it as like saving the humans. He saves it like you're going to kill us all by being stupid, you know? Yeah. There was like I, a self-preservation think, angle that he was playing that I enjoyed. Well, he wasn't actually saying that. He was saying, well, good news for, for me, though, I'm going to be on their side and they'll understand that. They'll see the difference between me and you. So I don't think he was saying it from a point of fear for himself. I think it was maybe a point of fear for his people that are following Gravik because he and that was the other weird thing for me is he was saying not all of us are going to die because all of us that aren't haven't been poisoned by your lies, the humans are going to see the difference between us and you guys. And I, I just, for me, it begs the question of, okay, Gravik, or I mean, uh, Talos, you keep talking about how it's your side versus their side. I've only seen Talos's side. Every time, every time Talos talks about himself, or sorry, I've only seen Gravik's side. Every time Talos, Talos talks about his, his group, the only person I know working with him was Soren. So like, or and I'm Soren and Gaia is what I mean to say. So like, who's, who are his people? Like well, he, only... he has uh, the lady from the council, right? On his side. Oh, Shirley. Shirley's Shirley. Yes, Shirley. Shirley's um, yeah, he has, he has people. He has Shirley. He has, he has Shirley. So I, I think that's what I'm waiting for is like the stakes have they, they, they set it up though that he he was a previous scroll general, right? Well, right, so he because was, but so he was appointed. He's a that, well known yeah. he's a well known figure in, in their you know culture. 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 Yeah, for so sure. I to your point, I do think that you could have gotten more like of his ideology out there with other scrolls, you know, to hey, yeah, you should be coming to me or doing this or you know, join join my side. It it feels like it's one guy versus all the scroll. And that's like I don't think that's what it is. And I wish they would just kind of convey that it's not just Talos and Nick Fury versus the scroll. It's you know, this army versus this army. Like it's it's yeah. I, I'm just trying to I want to see a war between scroll scroll on scroll. You know, like I want to see like shape changing. I want to we already know we're going to get a CG, you know, like, like fan fest at the end, because that's what every Marvel story does. You have a super scroll. Yeah. So like, let's, let's set the stakes. Let's set, let's set the stage. I mean, let's like, like, who are the, who are the bat, the people doing battle on the good guy's side? Like, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't want to see Ben Mendelsohn fight people. Like he's, come on, man. He's no. I don't want to see Nick Fury fighting either. Like I, I want to see them solve the problems backstage. You know, while their their little their soldiers are doing cool stuff. So I'm still waiting to understand who the good guy soldiers are because Maria Hill's dead, and Gaia's probably not dead, but I don't care about. Yeah, but I yes. I'm surprised new players haven't come in yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like that's yeah. where where is the new toys? Considering we only have three episodes left, we're 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 going a little slow right now. Yeah, yeah. going a little slow. Well, yeah. well, let's let's start wrapping this up. I mean, what's what do you want next week? Like, how what's the ramp up next week then? I want them to. I want somebody to kill all of the basement people. Okay, basement people are gonna die. I want the basement people to die. So suddenly there are stakes, and 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 you know then like the scroll people who who impersonate them, you'll actually have to like convince them whether or not to be good or bad because they're the only version we have left. You know, like it's or something something with stakes. Like I'm I'm tired of watching people that that didn't matter to the story get killed. Or didn't have a chance to matter to the story get killed. Like, I like remember when Martin Freeman died at the beginning of the episode, uh, the, the the season. Like that absolutely didn't matter at all to anybody. The you know I mean? weird stuff is like, a there's a Martin Freeman possibly somewhere in a basement, maybe, maybe not. But b um, there's like a lot of dead scrolls on this planet. Like, you want to yeah. think someone find the body? Right. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that too when uh, when Gravik uh, uh, assassinated that guy in the woods the other he day. Like he left like, him there. I'm like, that's he just not... left the dead alien in the woods, and I'm like, uh, that's really weird. Maybe like they turn to ash or something, but like, but they don't because they we don't. Yeah, them. we've seen them be like autopsied. Yeah, so no, I, I know it's it's weird. It's also weird. Like like we got confused when uh, Gravik's hand got cut because he bled red, and I'm like. I thought they bleed They're green. Purple, right? Green? Purple, purple or something. Yeah. I don't know. I was getting confused by things, but whatever. I don't I'm not gonna nitpick because I still I still am concerned with the bigger picture, which is I don't understand the point of this show yet. Like <laughs> I don't I thought I did for change the status quo of the MCU. Is it or is it to keep it right where it needs to be until the it's next like movie little, comes out? edge the status quo until something happens i mean i'm just along for the ride i literally said those words as my wife was nitpicking the episode i'm just like yeah at this point i'm just hanging out because like why not you know i'm i'm hanging out with it i i'm again we we kind of went up the roller coaster now we're kind of steady and i want i want some andor level like if you're not going to give me the action i want some crazy commentary on here's on my question on the world. Mm-hmm. we are we are three episodes in yep is secret invasion better than hawkeye oh hawkeye was six right with that eight i think hawkeye was six episodes too Ooh. i think it's better than the first three episodes of hawkeye yeah i don't even know man I'm not even sure. Like, I thought, like, I thought we had really one good scene last episode. That well, really the car chase up. was episode three in Hawkeye, right? Yeah. 
That was a good car chase. I don't. Yeah, I feel like. It, I feel like this show is 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 leading me in so many directions that like as of right now today I'm like I cannot firmly say that this ep- the show is better than Hawkeye. I'll, s- I'll last say week, I would have said yes definitively. The cast and talked about last week. The cast of the show continually continue to elevate the show. I think they make it better than what it is on paper. You know what's crazy. Is, mm-hmm. uh, are you watching the bear right here? Still you're, watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have you gotten to where uh, uh, Olivia Coleman is in the bear? Nope. But thanks for spoiling that. <laughs> yeah, spoiling it. Um, but you got to where Will Poulter was too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. What I thought's crazy, Will Poulter, the guy that plays Adam Warlock, um, is uh, plays in like one episode of the bear, and then Olivia Coleman also similarly uh, one episode. And I thought they're the two of them in their one performance, one episode performance gave me so much more than I ever imagined they could give that when I go back and look at them in the MCU projects they're in, I'm like, why aren't you doing that? Like, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. Cause I feel like sometimes the MCU gets really good caliber actors and then doesn't do anything great with them. And so yeah. while I, I like Sonia Fallsworth, I kind of just only like her because I've seen her, the, the actress, be so much more than she it's, is. It's nowhere near the shit that Andor pulled, by all means. That the shows what? Like a, the shit that Andor pulled with the people yeah. that they brought in and the, right. the moments the that actress, they were able to get it. They brought in Stellan Skarsgård, and honestly, that was probably the best thing I've ever seen Stellan Skarsgård do. Like, he acted the <laughs> Wasn't crap out of the no <laughs> yeah or andy circus and stuff like everyone every guest they bring in it, it's it's yeah it's like a master right? class on on yeah, uh guest appearance and i think this show it's some of the best that marvel's done but yeah there's still there's clearly like a they're they're not using talent in the way that they could be yeah you know and and that's that's how i feel about there is a high caliber of actors in this but like i like Ben Mendelsohn, bro, if you've ever followed Ben Mendelsohn's career, like this is the worst thing he does. Like, and, and I'm not even saying he's bad. I'm just saying this is the worst thing he does. You know what I mean? Like I I'm saying he is a great talented yeah, actor. Yeah. Well, him, and, yeah, they all are. And, and it feels like we're getting a waste of his, his talents in, in as Talos. Like I, I want to see a little bit more out of this character. Um, so it's weird. It's a I, lot. I of still have talent. hope. Like I'm not down on the show though. I think I want to make that clear. Like I am still very excited for the last three episodes on here, but it... I'm a little down on it. Cause I, I love the second episode so much and episode three just fell so flat for me. It was just like, I fell asleep. We got to see the, night. the, I think episode four is the hook, right? That's always how it goes. And then episode five is where the crazy shit happens. And then wait, six is for is... the hook. I feel like four is a little bit of the hook, right? Is five is always the best episode. Five's not always the best episode. Five's the, the weirdest episode. That, well, no. All right. Five is the most the the most stuff happens in five. We got a Yelena in episode four in Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. But wasn't she in five also? Yeah, she was in five and six, so. Yes. But there was a lot of stuff going on. I I I, I like I don't want to use Hawkeye anymore as a ref, as a reference point. Like 
it's not a good it's the show good. is still young to not be bad fair enough so fair enough i think we'll that's where we'll wrap it up on this right. episode of dan excelsior oh look we uh sean ruffner agrees agrees <laughs> fell flat i think is what he's agreeing with it's fell like, flat know. but um, it didn't go down it's not but, down i'm still gonna watch the show i still want to know why why we're watching it <laughs> um, well those right. of you, those of you who are still down to stick with us throughout the show we appreciate it like and subscribe do your thing on twitch uh, anything helps we also got a patreon uh, patreon.com slash if you want to kick us a few bucks you also get some cool content some cool photos again we have an award-winning photographer on our patreon that you can have an access to it's true and like, right, yeah, it's um uh, he's asked me to clarify uh, multi award winning. Okay, a multi multi award winning uh, photographer on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no thanks. Thanks for everyone for joining us. Thanks, Dennis, for coming on. Thanks you for letting me host. This has been Dan Excelsior. Enough said. <laughs>